Hello, everyone. Dr. Constance here with another episode of Munch and Learn with Dr. Constance. And today, I am also serving as Lieutenant Commander Foreman. So this is a special episode of Munch and Learn because currently, I am on my active duty time with the Navy Reserve. However, I wanted to keep the episode fresh and um, on target for the schedule that I have. So I decided to do a modified episode. So this will actually be a little bit short, um, but I'll share a little bit about the experience. Um, those of you who um, might have military family um, might recognize that I'm in the Navy Reserve, but this is a Marine uniform. And that's because the Navy supports the Marines with medical personnel. Um, in fact, the Marines are actually Department of the Navy. And so that's an ongoing jab that um, happens between sailors and Marines. Um, and I thought this was a good opportunity to have a conversation about how we can adapt to different situations because um, I've been with this unit. Um, this is my second year with the unit. And last year, when I came to the same active duty time in the same location, um, I was taken aback by the circumstances. I was spoiled previously. <laughs> my previous unit had more desk-based work um, during the active duty time, but this particular unit, um, because um, I'm supporting the Marines in a different way, is actually out in the field, um, supporting them medically while they do um, training exercises, um, of course, to prepare for the potential of being in a combat zone. Um, and so they are hiking, they are using um, navigation skills, they are working in the, or not working, but going to the gun range, um, all sorts of activities. But the food is um, not what any of us would sign up to do, at least not volunteer, um, because they serve us MREs, which stands for Meals Ready to Eat. And it's not the most appealing. Um, it's high sodium, high calorie because of the need to preserve it, but also make it shelf stable for many different circumstances. And let me tell you, those MREs do not sit well with me. I hate to say it, this might be TMI, but they back me up, meaning they give me constipation. And they're, they're not the bad, they're not that bad taste-wise. Um, however, sometimes you might get unlucky and certainly you also have to be patient with the reheating process that is water activated in the pack. I'm not that patient, especially when I'm hungry. And so I decided that I needed to adapt to the situation and make sure that I packed options with me. Um, so this is a reminder to you all, you may not always be in the best of circumstances, but there is generally always something that you can do to adapt and prepare yourself for success. So one of those ways is packing these um, cups of uh, pre-cooked vegetables. So basically it's a canned vegetable, but in a single pack, almost like a fruit cup would be. Um, 
certainly I won't be able to warm them up in this pack. However, this is great. This size is also, also TSA approved. So even though there's some liquid in here, it's small enough that you can take it on the plane. Um, and so that's one of the things that I packed for myself. Um, I also packed applesauce. I happen to love strawberry flavored applesauce and the mango peach um, Mott's version. Um, certainly there are sugar-free options that you can get. Um, another um, item that I packed for protein because I'm a little iffy with protein bars and um, protein shakes, especially in a circumstance where I'm sorry, I'm a little bit of a princess, but I prefer a cold protein shake. Um, but I also got these um, zero sugar um, jerky bites or it's kind of like a smoke sausage basically yeah smoked sausage and i also got actual beef jerky so um those are some of the items that i prepared um other things that are easily easy to pack in transport granola bars or protein bars if you're into that um also dried fruits in my case i packed dried mango um and so you know, I'm making the best with what I got. Oh, another thing I packed was um, the tuna packets. Um, so I essentially gave myself at least one tuna packet a day, um, granola, etc., so that I can kind of break things up a little bit. So if I don't want to have MRE, I should be able to make it work. But even if I do have an MRE, I definitely won't have to eat them um, for more than one meal a day or even every day for that matter. So that's the munch part of today's episode. And now I want to get into the topic and it's gonna be a pretty short one, but I think a very impactful um, conversation. And that is the do's and don'ts of going to your doctor's appointment. Um, this is actually inspired by uh, a newer friend of mine, an acquaintance, um, Dr. Janita, um, she has her own podcast, um, Waiting is the Hardest. And um, as I follow her on social media, she actually talks a lot about her experiences in the healthcare system um, after having a major car accident that um, caused um, many health complications for her. And so part of what she does on her platform is um, empowering people to advocate for themselves in the healthcare setting, in addition to giving tips on how they can um, do so. And so I thought I would share that um, because uh, with my business, Beyond Clinic Walls Wellness, I am all about health coaching and health education. And education um, is not only to teach people about their health conditions, but also um, extends to how to navigate the system in a way that is helpful to them. And so this is an opportunity to sort of get an inside scoop of what a real life doctor feels and kind of carry that over into how you interact because often we get the conversation from the patient perspective. And please remember that every health provider that you see from a dentist to a nurse, to a physician's assistant, a doctor, whether that's a surgeon, primary care provider, we are all patients at one point too. So I can um, 
understand that sometimes the experience may seem one-sided, but let me tell you, um, I can't speak for anyone else, but I am always thinking about how a patient feels and um, making sure that I'm uh, attending to their needs. And because of that, I want to share how you can have conversations with your healthcare provider that are going to be productive. So I'm going to do three do's and don'ts that are going to give you a good foundation for how you might interact with any healthcare professional. So the first do is do take notes in preparation for your appointments. Sometimes it may seem that providers are a little bit frustrated, but let me tell you, for me, it's um, actually refreshing to see a patient come in with notes because this shows that they are engaged in the healthcare process, but also that they have an agenda. There are specific things that are on their minds that they need to be addressed um, that particular day. And those notes not only keep the patient organized, but it keeps the provider organized. So um, our focus should be your focus, okay? And so, because it's your health that we're working on. And so certainly there are circumstances in which we might have to take control over the appointment because, um, the patient's agenda doesn't align specifically with needs that we see. Um, but that is actually few and far between that those scenarios would happen. Um, a example of what that might look like is perhaps a patient came in to um, talk about their concerns with a skin condition, let's say, um, but you recognize that their blood pressure is elevated during the encounter. So certainly, while they want to focus on the skin condition, you have to insert conversations about blood pressure because ultimately, um, unmanaged high blood pressure can lead to many different um, health complications and any good provider would want to prevent that. So it's not that we're trying to negate the um, agenda that a patient has in that moment, but also triaging and at least initiating a conversation about a plan to move forward. So our first do, do bring notes because they're helpful not only for you to remember what concerns you might have, but it also keeps everyone organized. The don't is don't tell your provider your own medical diagnosis based on a Google search. Let me elaborate, okay? The internet is a wonderfully scary place. Uh, and the reason why I say that is there is a lot of good information that a person can gather from uh, a good Google search. On that same line, that Google search can contribute to your um, ability to stay organized and take notes. However, there are two levels to why trying to tell your doctor what your diagnosis is can um, become problematic. One, Google does not have a medical degree. 
So sometimes your Google search is not complex enough and does not put the pieces together because it's not um, information that's given in context. So yes, your, similar, your symptoms might be similar to a medical condition that you've seen on a Google search, but it is the job of the medical provider to put that information to um, come to a final um, diagnosis. Can you help with your Google search and your good note-taking um, before you come to your appointment? Most definitely, but um, not only does Google not have um, a medical degree, it can also come across insulting um, to medical providers for you to negate the training that they themselves did. Do you know your body? Absolutely. But were medical doctors also trained to understand your diet, your, your body? Most definitely, right? And so your appointment should be collaborative and not one-sided from either direction, from the doctor or from the patient. But another layer to that is a patient entering the um, appointment um, specifically focused on a particular diagnosis can create a bias in the provider. And so what does that mean exactly? Um, when you have a bias, you might negate other possibilities that could be going on. We call that a differential diagnosis. So if someone says they have abdominal pain, we take that information, ask additional questions, and then we create a list of potential diagnoses based on that. If, if you don't have good conversations about that in, um, in the beginning, of course, that could cause challenges. Okay, so the second do for your appointments is do speak up for yourself and express your fears, goals, and desires. It is important, again, just like taking notes, to be able to set the agenda for your appointment. And if you don't speak up about what your specific concerns are, um, the doctor or other medical provider will create their own agenda for you. So um, being able to have a conversation and assert yourself about what most interests you is important. And then based on your personal goals, fears, desires, etc., then an effective plan can be made for your particular situation. But what you shouldn't do is make demands from your medical provider. Um, it is important for each individual patient to have autonomy in the healthcare practice. However, each medical provider did training and um, sat for a license. And through that, they have to practice within the comfortability of their personal um, approach to medicine. Um, if you find that the um, approach to your providers um, medical practice is not in line with your particular needs, then um, sometimes that can mean that that provider is not a good fit for you. And it will be better for you to find a new provider that you will have a therapeutic relationship with instead of pushing an agenda that the provider themselves isn't comfortable with. So um, that's actually a good point that I um, did not even think of originally 
but um, ultimately your agenda and the provider's agenda has to come together. If it does not, then that can certainly create challenges in the relationship and trust that you're able to develop with your provider. And so the third do is do ask questions about your provider's treatment plan or diagnosis. Um, not only is this an opportunity for you to understand your medical conditions better, um, this also is an opportunity to um, get a better idea if there are if there are alternatives to the treatment plan that they discuss, um, and if there are not alternatives. Um, you can develop an understanding about what you can expect moving forward with the treatment. However, what you should not do is ever say never. Um, I know many patients don't want to be on prescription medications. Um, many patients do not want to get surgery. Um, however, the more you learn about a particular treatment modality, the more you might change your mind as far as what you're willing to consider to be your best self, because that's always the outcome. The goal is to always be as healthy as you can for as long as you can. And if that means a prescription medication, so be it. That does not mean that you have to be on the medication indefinitely. So certainly, again, asking questions about what the transition period might look like is important, but um, I would encourage everyone to go into any appointment with a provider with an open mind and really um, trying to understand the perspective of the provider and then um, aligning that perspective, okay? Um, preparing for your appointments um, while not trying to diagnose yourself um, and also uh, assert yourself without being offensive or demanding to your medical provider. So I hope this was a good episode for you. Guys, wish me luck. If you don't see me next month, I might have passed out in the field with the Marines. I'm just joking. I'm sure it'll be totally fine. But thank you for tuning in today for another episode of Munch and Learn with Dr. Constance.